listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast, where we explore ideas and insights by higher ed marketers for higher ed marketers. My name is Troy Singer, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Bart Kaler. And Bart, I think we're going to be treated today because our guest is a neighbor of yours from your state, and you are familiar with the institution. We're going to be talking with Peter Ashley. He's the Vice President for Enrollment and Marketing at Hanover College. Uh, Hanover's you know one of the one of the uh, small privates here in Indiana with a great reputation. They're in southern Indiana and uh, they've got a beautiful beautiful campus. And uh, it's it's just going to be a, a great uh, conversation with Peter just about some things that they're doing at Hanover and how they're approaching different uh, different elements. And and he kind of gives us a little bit of insight into some of the um, the marketing that they're doing and and some new things that they're doing that they're really seeing some valuable results in. Yes, he has some great content. So let's bring Peter in. We're honored to have Peter Ashley, Vice President for Enrollment and Marketing at Hanover College, which is in Southern Indiana, to the podcast. Welcome, Peter. Thanks for having me. Peter, if you would, please give everyone a glimpse of Hanover and your role there. Sure. So Hanover College is Indiana's oldest college, um, and it is 194 years old. And it is located, as you say, in Southern Indiana, right across the uh, border from Kentucky and uh, along the Ohio River. It's 650 acres filled with trails and and trees and a lot of natural beauty. We have about 1,000 students, so there's a lot of room to spread out. It's got a great reputation, a strong regional reputation, uh, and it's just a wonderful liberal arts college. But the natural beauty of the campus is what people often talk about when they come visit is how how roomy and how beautiful it is. Uh, And again, the fact that it's been here for so long, it's, it's a powerful powerful institution for, for that reason. That's great. Thanks for sharing that, Peter. And sure. I, I know we, um, we kind of did a pre-interview and talked a little bit about some things that, uh, that that's, uh, that's going on at Hanover. And I think on, on everybody's mind is kind of, we're coming out of the, the pandemic. I know that, uh, not only during the pandemic, I mean, 2020 was such a, a, a high watermark year with the pandemic, with some of the social unrest that we had, uh, with, with different areas of, of our society. And I know Hanover's kind of had a, had a, unique perspective on your COVID-19 response and, and maybe even some of the social injustice response and, and some of those initiatives. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So they, they did happen a bit at the same time, which was, was, a, was a challenge, but obviously the pandemic took hold of everybody and dominated everyone's decision-making. So one of the first things that we did was to convene a group of stakeholders across campus and really ask the question, okay, what needs to happen to make sure our students are safe? Uh, and that our campus is preserves as much of a college feel as possible. So obviously, that first round, um, campus, pretty much every campus went home. We did the same thing, which was challenging as a residential campus to pivot quickly to online learning, uh, which we did. But we put in, over the summer, all kinds of safety protocols, processes, uh, spacing out the classrooms, requiring you know, all the things that, that our you know, public health experts expect. We also worked with... Uh, a medical expert from Johns Hopkins University on our strategy and our contact tracing process to make sure that we were using the absolute best process that we could to do that. Uh, and we had a very successful fall term. We were able to stay in person 
all the way to the very end, I think a week before Thanksgiving, we went uh, optional remote to let students leave if they felt like they wanted to leave because there was a bit of an uptick, as you know, in the, in the cases. But our response was lots of, lots of communication to students and staff and faculty about our protocols. We had a weekly uh, and still have a weekly email that goes out with any kind of updates, updates on our case numbers, reminders to, to follow the guidelines. And we've been very aggressive in holding students and staff accountable for following those guidelines. And I think this semester we're still at face-to-face. Our, count, our, our case count is very low. And what we learned is that students really appreciate a face-to-face experience. There's questions of, you know, wh- why higher ed? Why a liberal arts college? Why do people want to go to, you know, when you could do everything online? But what we learned is that people really miss being in person. And our enrollment numbers actually are, are up so far for next fall. And I think part of that is because we did stay face-to-face and people really like that ability to do that. Uh, so that, that response was dominating much of the summer. But then, of course, uh, as you mentioned, the, the, the various uh, police shootings and other killings and, and other acti- social injustice occurrences over the summer brought that very close to home for our campus. We have a very passionate campus that's committed to social justice, although we have a history that is not always perfect in that area. So we, we, we try to look very candidly at what we do well and where we still need to grow. Uh, we live in a part of the state that's also um, not, a, not particularly diverse. So we have to really focus on bringing diversity here, making people feel welcome and included and have some cultural changes you know, on our campus and even in our community to help make sure that happens. So we're, we're in the process of launching a equity and diversity and inclusion plan to the campus for review that includes a number of process changes, activities, training, all kinds of things to help really improve the and, and drive home that campus culture of, of inclusivity. That's great. I, I, I'm so grateful to hear things like that because I think that those, I mean, certainly the COVID-19, uh, it's it's great to hear how you guys did that. And I think, it, I think I'm seeing in a lot of campuses that the success of those who prepared and did it well, they're reaping the benefits of, of the trust that they have earned from the parents and the students to, to be able to come back on campus and and uh, want that experience. And I think that's great. And I do think that that, uh, that idea of just really helping with the, with the social injustice, I mean, what are some of the things that your students in your campus is doing specifically about that? I mean, are you doing you know, sessions and, and, uh, and, and seminars or, or inviting guests on campus to talk? How, how does that work? A good question. We've done a little bit of all of that. Having We had a number of events, just for example, around MLK Day, which is a new, a, a recent holiday celebration for our campus. And we had a number of sessions that invited guest speakers. We had something called, I think, it, I believe it's called the MLK Roundtable, where we had between, with music and video and guest lecturers kind of walk everyone through what the, what MLK's life was about and what he was focused on and what we can learn from that today. We are very open to, we have some very vocal students who, who um, want things to change and we have some that, you know, that love it. And it's just a matter of letting all the voices be heard. We've had a number of student-led uh, sessions where they would have either a protest, which was really very peaceful, but just, you know, a chance to really vocalize their, their perspective on, on the, what's happening in the world. Uh, their perspective on what Hanover can do better. Um, and we're, we're, we want to hear that feedback. And I think part of what helps, certainly from my perspective, is rather than just running around throwing the terms around, right, of, of 
equity and injustice and what, how do we, it's, it's just allowing people to have their say and really embrace those different opinions, do it in a way that's humble and, and accepting any kind of responsibility, but also looking forward to, to how we solve some of these problems, uh, not just get mired in, in frustration, but actually look forward. So we've done a number of sessions. We've implemented uh, faculty and staff training uh, on equity and inclusion issues. As I mentioned, we've had this plan that lays out changes in our recruiting strategy for uh, employees to attract and, and retain more diverse candidates, additional recruiting activities for our students, focusing on more of a need-based approach to financial aid. So a number of things that we're doing, looking at our student success model and how we and you know, retain first-generation students more effectively, help them succeed, uh, and do a number of practical steps uh, to, to make sure that we actually are a more equitable campus as opposed to just saying, you know, having the, the words around that we want to be more equitable. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that it, it, you're demonstrating the fact that it takes some of that intentionality to, to make change, and I, I, I appreciate it and uh, respect that, that Hanover is doing that. So, Troy, I know you've got another question you wanted to ask. Yes, I wanted to uh, switch topics a little bit and talk about Dr. Lake Lambert. And for those of us who are in the area, we know that he's the president at Hanover. And I think he's a little different than a lot of presidents of colleges and universities, especially of your size, because he is uh, out there. He's outspoken. He's charismatic. And just would like to know, is that him in real life? And give us a peek of how he is on campus. Absolutely. So one of the things that, that keeps me uh, engaged and, and loving Hanover College is, is working for uh, Dr. Lambert. He is about as genuine a person and a, as transparent a person as you're going to meet, especially someone in that, in that position. I, I, I joke with, uh, with someone that if he was more transparent, we'd be able to see through him. I mean, he's, just, <laughs> he's very transparent in, in what he's thinking and, and his decision making. He's very open. He's extremely sharp, very tenderhearted as well. Uh, and, and he is outspoken. If something needs to be commented on, uh, he likes to respond um, and, and share his feelings on something. It's just a pleasure to have someone who's you know, honest, transparent, happy to be out there. We, you know, we, we, we use him more in some videos. He's, he, he, he put on our Panther mascot suit for some fun TikTok videos. <laughs> he'll just, he'll do anything that, you know, advances the college, but he's also just very, very focused on uh, the mission of Hanover College uh, and making sure that, that all those things we're trying to accomplish, not just from the equity and inclusion standpoint, but from the delivering the best liberal arts education we can to making sure Hanover College is um, growing and thriving and doing it in a way that's, again, very, very transparent, very approachable, great sense of humor, uh, which I think is sorely lacking in, the, in today's world, but, but a huge benefit to, for certainly for people that work for him, uh, it's, a, it's a big benefit. That's great. And I, I, I like the fact that you kind of indi indicated kind of tying the first question with the second one is that it seems like Dr. Lambert um, is engaged in, in these you know, social injustice initiatives, the talking about that. Of, and, and I like the fact that it, it seems like um, you know, speaking up when, when others might be silent and needing to, needing to speak out. And so that uh, sounds, like, uh, sounds like it'd be great to work with him. Yes, it certainly is. I know one of the things that uh, kind of engaging, not only leveraging Dr. Lambert, like you said, with, with these TikTok videos and the mascot and, and other you know, more serious videos, uh, you've kind of touched on the fact that a lot of what's going on at Hanover and especially you know, in your role as 
as a VP of enrollment and marketing is that it seems like, um, you know, you're, you're trying to develop a little bit more content, maybe, maybe leveraging video a little bit more. So tell us a little bit about that because I mean, not a lot of schools are leaning into TikTok yet. Not a lot of schools are, are doing as much as they could with video, but it seems like you've kind of discovered some things that at least you're, you're going down the path with at Hanover. Yeah. So we definitely have embraced video, um, and, and, and by the way, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say we've leaned into TikTok too much. We had a couple of fun videos, so I don't want to overplay the TikTok, the TikTok <laughs> sure. uh, focus, but we do tend to focus on more either messages from our president on various issues, but we've also done uh, a very large number of marketing-oriented videos that really describe life at Hanover, so which we, we can talk about that a little bit. But we know that uh, the student that we're trying to recruit, and my role um, was just overseeing marketing and recently is... Uh, enrollment has been added to that. So now the synergies I see between those two departments is tremendous because almost everything we should be doing as a marketing organization in in a higher ed is to attract more students. So that connection is very clear to me. But we realize that, of course, the generation now is, you know, shorter attention span. Everything, you know, has to be very clear and and lively. And video is a very good way to communicate with with that audience. And so we needed more video resources. So we had a chance to hire a new videographer and I was able to hire two videographers um, because we had two such great final candidates that I made the case that, hey, we will put these these guys to work quickly. And we did, and we hired both. And and one is a, a young woman who graduated from DePaul University. One is a, a gentleman who recently graduated from Hanover. And so having those two perspectives, both very talented uh, videographers and photographers and Within a few months, they'd created more than 100 plus videos on campus life, generating like 100,000 views very quickly. Everything from campus dining to Greek life to a series we've created called Beyond the Classroom, where we take either a music program or even a kinesiology program and take it outside the classroom and show what what goes on in that program that doesn't just happen in the actual room. You know, that for one program, there was a whole focus on the using the natural setting of Hanover to go on hikes and to look at count waterfalls and to identify bugs and different things like that to all the ways that, that we provide a life for, for students beyond the classroom. So having those videos have really helped let prospective students know as it is challenging sometimes to come to campus right now, what it's like at Hanover. Uh, we've also done a number of educational style videos. So one of the videos we've done is helping people understand their financial aid award letter, which seems very mundane, but we get a lot of questions about it. (laughs) So it's trying to help them understand that. Uh, So it's been a huge boon for us to be able to create that content, to tell our story more effectively and to engage, you know, a number of campus stakeholders in that process. That's great. And I I just want to point out a couple of things that that I hear you saying that um, could be benefit of other folks is that, uh, you know, because I've I've often kind of categorized different types of vid- videos. I mean, you've got the edutainment, which might be that mascot TikTok video with your president, where you're kind of letting people know about Hanover, but it's entertaining. Um, you've got the explainers, which sounds like the financial aid, you know, letter, how to read that. And, 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 you know, those could be screencasts, they can be videos, they can be all kinds of different things. And then you've got just kind of your general information. But I think a lot of the, a lot of the listeners, maybe when they heard you say that, hey, these two videographers that you brought on campus, they, 
they produced over 100 videos pretty quickly. I mean, we're not talking, you're not doing, you know, 10, 15 minute videos. These are, these are videos that can be utilized for social media, for email. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, what, what your kind of rule of thumb is for, for how you, how these videos need to work. I mean, they've got to be short, I'm guessing. A lot of them are short, some are longer, depending on the need. Generally speaking, the videographers support the entire campus, but with a big focus on enrollment uh, and also on advancement and development. So most of the videos are, I would say, three minutes or less and are typically focused on, and, and you did a good ex- explanation of the different types of videos we would do, but definitely focus on, on what it's like to be a student at Hanover, uh, what can you expect when you're here. What, I mean, one of the videos that got the, that's gotten the most views was a two-minute tour of campus with a basically a sped-up camera going through and looking at all the buildings and all the different things. And that's gotten, I mean, I think it's gotten 10,000 views maybe when it was pretty quickly <laughs> because it's two minutes, it's fun, it's got some nice music, and you just zip through campus really quickly. Yeah. Uh, others, like the financial aid video, don't get as many views because it's very, very targeted right. uh, to certain people. Uh, so it's trying to find that mix of we know this one's going to get a lot of attention, we know this one is going to help a few people. And we did one, a featured a story, um, a student who's a, who is an arts design major who is learning how to become a tattoo artist and intern is interning with a tattoo parlor. And so we had a whole feature story on her, a bunch of photographs of students and staff that have tattoos. And you know, I think, you know, and, it, and it's kind of a risk because some people might be turned off by, by tattoos, but at the same time, we've gotten tremendous positive feedback just because it's showing another angle of what, you know, what someone can do at Hanover. Right. And, and I love that because I think that, um, you know, I'm a big believer in any type of content that you produce, especially for higher ed, is, is answering the questions that people have. And I mean, if you're answering the questions people have, whether it's in, you know, the content on your website, whether it's a video, whether it's a blog, one, you're going to get SEO because people are searching Google asking the questions that they're looking for. But I think that you're also going to um, kind of earn trust. Like you said, I mean, there might be a risk in doing a tattoo video, but at the same time, you're answering the questions of, well, what's it like? Is, is Hanover a really conservative place? Is it, you know, are they open to this type of thing? And, and just being able to have those, that wide variety of, of, of video and content that people can, one, answer the questions, get the answers to the questions they have, but then also just be able to put themselves in, into the environment, to into the campus and start to feel what it would be like to be there. I think that's a brilliant strategy. So well done, Peter. Well, thank you. And, and also, if I would just say, uh, shamelessly putting in our tagline, but we, we've recently had a new tagline called a place to belong and a person to become. Mm. And, and the reason we, we did that was because that really captured uh, what our college is striving to be. And within that, there are brand pillars that really focus and build out the, that tagline. But uh, it's resonated with with our students and staff uh, quite a bit because it feels it feels like what we're trying to build at Hanover. You can come here and be yourself. You'll be known by the faculty because we're a small campus, and you'll be successful because we prepare you for the future. And and the videos that we build just try to demonstrate that without necessarily saying, you know, explicitly that we're demonstrating that. We're de- really trying to show the meat behind the statement um, that that that's what we're trying to create. Peter, I love what you said about that. And it reminds me of a quote from a book by Jay Baer, um, Utility. He makes the point that success flows to those organizations that inform rather than those that promote. And it seems to me like Hanover is doing a great job in, of informing people about their, about their brand, about their 
um, you know, what it's like to be on campus as well as just about the, you know, answers to the questions that people have. So, so well done. I, I really respect that. Troy. Thanks, Bart. And I agree. And I would encourage all of our listeners to go out to the Hanover website and just open it. And you, you will see that from the very beginning, it's a different look and feel than you would expect. And it is very visual and everything that Peter says will kind of start making sense. Uh, Peter, we have a question that we ask all of our guests and it's, if there's an idea or something that you're doing, or if you would be willing to share it, if it's not too secret, or maybe it's an idea that you've heard of recently that others could implement soon, what would that be? Well, it's a great question, Troy. I'm always happy to share. Uh, and I don't know if there's any secret sauce in a sense, because every every college has their own uh, secret sauce. But I would say, don't be afraid to have a little fun with some of your your messaging or marketing or a video. You know, I, I think we higher ed can be sometimes very uptight. And I think just try something different that's fun with a video or with a message and just try something, especially social media. You know, you try something and it, it'll either go great or people will ignore it uh, as long as it's not, you know, offensive, but just try to go for something a little funny or clever. I think that's a good way to start uh, venturing into this uh, a little bit more. And then I would also say any, any chance you can personalize things, we've been trying to do more personalizing of messaging is also something you can start implementing immediately in terms of your, your communication and your messaging. Here, here, and thank you on both of those. Uh, both Bart and I are big proponents of personalization. And again, I would encourage our listeners to visit Hanover and their sites to get a good glimpse of what you mean when you recommend having a little fun with it. So thank you. And Peter, one last question. If someone would like to connect with you, what would be the best way for them to reach you? Sure. They can reach me uh, via email and it's just ashley at hanover.edu. So A-S-H-L-E-Y at hanover.edu. And I'd be happy to hear from anyone and and, uh, connect with anyone or answer any questions. Perfect. Thank you for being so generous with your time and your wisdom today, Peter. We really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much, Troy and Bart. You're welcome. The Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and by Think Patented, a marketing execution, printing, and mailing provider of Higher Ed Solutions. On behalf of my co-host, Bart Kaler, I'm Troy Singer. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.